from game-winning shots. Walk off home runs. This ball is crushed. To last-second field goals. Guarantee Sports Corner. It's the Guarantee Sports Corner, wherever you may be, however you may be listening, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, all the way from St. George, Utah. It's just me for today. For right now, we're going to have my friend Jimmy Davis come on the show later to give his weekend picks as well as talk a little bit more NBA basketball as well. Hope you all had a great weekend. Sorry I missed you guys on Tuesday. I had a script written out and I was ready to go and I just never got to it. But I'm here today. So over the weekend, I did go to Las Vegas for my girlfriend's birthday. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Things were still shut down. It just wasn't the full Vegas experience uh, as expected. I went to the casinos for a little bit. Ultimately, in the end, I lost money, uh, but it was still fun. Next week, I am going to, actually this weekend, I'm going to be going up north to uh, Logan, Utah for an uh, for a, one of my old roommate's wedding. Uh, he's getting married next Tuesday. So, you know, life isn't standing still, and I hope it's not for any of you guys out there. I mean, sports are back. I mean... Everyone's starting to kind of get their heads wrapped around that a little bit more. Just that the fact that sports are finally back. Yeah, it's not the same. There's no fans, but they're still back nonetheless. So where gambling could have helped me last week was with my baseball picks over the weekend. Uh, I went 5-0 and once again in my Moneyline baseball picks, and that puts me at 10-0 and now so far for my baseball picks uh, in my weekend picks. And, and for instance, if I were to throw down 25 bucks on my five picks last weekend, I would have won 265 bucks. Now, that's not a huge payout, but say I would have put down 100 bucks, I would have won 2,600. I mean, that would have been absolutely phenomenal, but you know, it, you seem to get bets more right when you don't put many money down on them. Um, so it's gonna be, you know, pretty soon it's gonna catch up to me where I'm not going to go 5-0 and every weekend. In this week, my, my five picks that I have, I'm not even confident I'm going to go 5-0 and with them. You just never know with sports. It's a lot easier said than done. Um, I like that part of Thursday's episodes, uh, giving out my weekend picks. Uh, since none of us can go to any of the games, uh, betting adds another element to it. So I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, it'll be a permanent part of my show from now on every Thursday. Just giving you guys my weekend picks, who, who I think is going to win the money line. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to try and just bring on Jimmy every weekend or every Thursday so he can give out his uh, his picks as well. And then we're just going to keep doing that for the entire you know time that I keep doing this show. It, it, it separates it from Tuesday shows and it's something to look forward to the weekend. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to keep it around. So the NBA started on Thursday and I'll tell you what it's amazing to have them back uh, we've had some unbelievable games so far the atmosphere isn't the same which is fine uh, we got to deal with it but the games have been super entertaining and I think the way that Adam Silver handled this whole bubble situation is the best out of any of the sports so far I know NHL has implemented a bubble of their own 
The NFL hasn't announced yet. I know baseball obviously isn't doing it. Uh, but the way that the NBA has handled this whole situation down in Orlando, I think it's been probably the best that I've ever seen it. Uh, and, I, and I think that they're under control over anyone else. They did some more tests yesterday, zero test positive out of all the players and staff and you know trainers and all that. No one tested positive for it. So they're doing a fantastic job down there in the bubble. There just hasn't been too much pushback on it. I mean, no one's really complaining about the whole bubble thing going on. Like, oh, all the players got to stay there now. Let's think about this for a second. All the teams that are in the bubble now, they don't have to travel for road games. And I think NBA travel is one of the most harsh, you know, travel, uh, you know, I guess you would say routine out of any of the four major sports. I mean, you can make your case for hockey as well. Um, but the NBA, you play one game, whether you're playing on the road. If you're playing on the road, you get done with your game, you go back to the hotel, you get your stuff, you go back to the plane, and then you go to wherever your next destination is. You arrive at 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. You know, sometimes it's cold, sometimes it's rainy, it's not always perfect conditions. Then you got to go to sleep, you got to wake up the next morning at 8, 9 a.m., get your practice in. And depending or not if you have a game that day or not, you may have to play. And that's, that's very tiring on a body. You know, we, we don't really take that into consideration when we think about NBA players and, and, and the things that they have to go through on a nightly basis. And we don't give them enough credit for that. that that's hard. I mean, I couldn't imagine, you know, leaving Boston, you know, at, a, at 10 o'clock at night, then going to my next destination, wherever that may be. Maybe I'm going to Milwaukee the next day, you know, and, and I don't get there till four or five in the morning and then, depending on if I play that day or not, you know, I got to get some sleep somehow. I got to be able to give my body the nutrients it needs to do well. You know, that that's, that's a lot of maintenance for an NBA player, you know, and it's not ideal. So I think in this bubble, I think it helps out the veterans, especially because they don't have to travel anymore. They don't have to wake up, you know, at, at, you know, super early in the morning. I mean, you may have a, an early game because I know they're starting them at 1130, uh, well, 1.30 Eastern time. But I mean, there's not all that traveling. There's not the planes, there's not the buses. There's none of that stuff. You literally just wake up, you go down to the practice facility, you get ready and then you go to the game. I mean, it's so much easier for these, for these, especially the veteran players now. Uh, for these games, there's not that element anymore where you do get wear and tear off of all the traveling. So I think the bubble was perfect for the scenario that it was in. I don't think that they should have changed anything about it. And and if another sport has to do a bubble thing, kind of, I would I would take notes and I would take things away from this bubble and the things that they are doing uh, because they are just doing an absolutely fantastic job. So the Lakers on Monday locked up the seed, the top seed in the West for the first time in ten years when they won their last NBA championship. And it's quite fascinating to see LeBron in his 17th year uh, come out number one in the West. For years, people have been saying, oh, well, the West is better than the East, which is very true. LeBron can't handle the West. Well, folks, what is your excuse now? He wins the West. You know, he's had some injuries to his team. He won the West. I mean, they're first in the West. I mean, what 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 is your excuse now? LeBron is playing with Anthony Davis, 
and a bunch of veteran dudes. Just a bunch of dudes. Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, J.R. Smith, they're on Alex Caruso in there as well, and an inconsistent Kyle Kuzma. I mean, just a bunch of guys, really, with a dysfunctional front office, with all these problems they've been dealing with the last few years. LeBron somehow manages to carry this roster to the number one seed in the West. And you have about four, maybe five games left for seeding games, depending on who you are. Rest your players, Lakers. Rest them. Now, I have been getting word that LeBron is not playing tonight against the Rockets uh, for a groin injury. I don't know how serious it is. But, but rest your players. I mean, you got the number one seed locked in. You don't really need to have your starters play 35 minutes from here on out until the playoffs start. Just rest them. I mean, LeBron doesn't need to play 36 minutes a game. Limit him to maybe, I don't know, 24 minutes a game. Keep him around that mark when he does play, uh, just to keep him so he's not rusty. Give other players other times to, you know, get into the groove. You know, give those bench players about 25, 30 minutes a game. Get them into their groove. You know, get them with the system. You know, build that chemistry around all together. You know, he have nothing else to play for, really. I mean, you got the number one seed. You, you can't really do anything else until the playoffs start. Don't risk an injury to anyone. Go into the playoffs against the Grizzlies, or whether it's the Pelicans or the Trailblazers. Go in at full strength. Get to the finals. The stage is set for LeBron. Go get it. I mean, what else can you really ask for? I mean, you're the number one seed. You got Anthony Davis on your side. Yeah, they did very, very terrible last night against the Thunder. They went five for 37 from three. They were getting a lot of good looks. They just weren't hitting them. And they can't really defend the three that well, so that could come back and haunt them. So, but just, just rest your players now. Give them a little bit of a break. Come Go into the playoffs full strength. That's all I say. Just go in full strength. So the MLB now has two teams who have COVID-19 outbreaks. The Marlins were the first team who had to delay some of their, postpone some of their games that they had up until this past Sunday. They're now playing again. Uh, now it's the Cardinals. The Cardinals are the second team to have a coronavirus outbreak within their team. And people everywhere are screaming, shut it down, shut it down. It's too dangerous for the players. I don't think that's necessary at all. I mean, I think the league should have been stricter on protocols. I think they, I think Rob Manfred could have uh, enforced more stricter, you know, uh, yeah, protocols around the league, uh, being more, you know, tentative to uh, making sure that that stuff doesn't happen. I mean, you can't ask for a bubble with 60 games for each team. Uh, so that was never in question. That would have been too much to ask for, you know, 30 teams, 60 games each, 1,800 games. I mean, that's just that's too many games, too many. But it puts Rob Manfred in a really, really tough situation. You know, he did threaten the league. If things aren't under control, then a shutdown would be necessary. Uh, I, I personally wouldn't freak out over the situation. I mean, let's not forget, folks. These are world-class athletes. You know, they take care of their body. They have trainers. They have access to maintaining a good health every day. They're in fantastic shape. Now, there are some exceptions in the baseball world where players are not in good shape, but the majority of them are in fantastic shape. You know, 
And, you know, some of them, they might get the virus, you know, and people will be like, oh, no, they have coronavirus. But more than likely, they, they will recover it. They will recover from it, and, and things will be fine. You know, these guys, they're not, they're not seniors who are more likely to suffer from it. They're, they're late 20s, early 30s, you know, athletes who take care of their body. You know, they want to play. So I think they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that they can still play. You know, not to mention baseball has been fun to watch as well. You know, there's been a lot of good games out there. I mean, the A's just a couple of nights ago had another walk-off Grand Slam, their second one of the year. I mean, there's been a lot of great games so far this year. And, and the games, they mean so much more now than they did before. You know, there's only 60 of them. You, 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 can't, you can't afford to go on a five-game winning streak. You can't afford to go on a 10-game winning streak or losing streak, excuse me, um, because there's not that many games to begin with. So every game means so much more now. So the players are going to play harder. You know, I love it. And I don't think baseball has been doing it wrong at all. Yeah, it, it, it makes the games feel a little bit slower now that there's no fans because baseball is already a slow game as it is. So they have that working against them. But I don't I don't have a problem watching a game of baseball at all. You know, I, I mean, I think it's fine. Yeah, we do miss the fans uh, being there, you know, being there to catch the home run balls, being there to catch the uh, foul balls. And, you know, I was just really looking forward to the Astros getting booed by a bunch of fans this year. I mean, I was really looking forward to that. And now I don't get it. So I don't get to see it. So but other than that, I think baseball as a whole has, has done a pretty good job for the most part. Um, what they need to do is not have another team have an outbreak. That would be a really, really bad look uh, for, for the league as a whole. Uh, but after Rob Manfred threatened the league with a shutdown, I think I think teams were starting to be more cautious about it now. Um, so I, I, I don't see a lockdown being necessary for the MLB. And I'm crossing my fingers that it, it doesn't happen uh, because we don't need that. We want baseball to be around. So my last topic before I bring in uh, Mr. Jimmy Davis, I'm going to be talking about my top five coaches in the NBA bubble. Now, this isn't coaches from around the league. Uh, it's, sorry, one second. Um, it's just the coaches that are in the bubble right now. So here we go. Number five for uh, the coaches in the NBA bubble. I have Greg Popovich. Yes, he's not having an amazing season. They're number 11 in the West right now. Uh, but that roster isn't nearly as talented as it has been in the past. You can't leave out Popovich. You know, he's still a top-tier coach in the NBA. I mean, he, he's highly considered one of the greatest coaches of all time. But as of right now, with the team's success and how he's able to implement things in his game plan, you know, I, I got Popovich at number five. Number four, I have Eric Spolstra. You know, and I can switch him in between four and five. Uh, but what Spolstra has been able to do with such a young roster. He's got a bunch of rookies on his team. Uh, what he's been able to do this year is unremarkable. The Heat didn't really deplete. They didn't get terrible when LeBron left. The Heat have always been uh, competitive. They are ran They are ran really, really well up from Pat Riley all the way down. Uh, you know, and Jimmy Butler was a huge acquisition for the Heat as well. Now next year, they're gonna try and get another max contract player 
which could make the heat even more dangerous than they already are. So I would just say watch out for the heat. Eric Spolster has done a tremendous job down there in Miami. He's the second longest tenure coach for a team in the NBA behind Popovich. So I could flip, you know, I could put Popovich at four or five. Same with Spolstra. It's, it's kind of up there in the air. Number three, I have Doc Rivers. Uh, players love playing for Doc Rivers. He's a former player. He understands them better. He lets them have days off. He's had a success pretty much wherever he goes. Uh, and even when his team doesn't have Kawhi or Paul George, they're still competitive in games. They're still right up there with their opponent. Now, they were the eighth seed last year and gave the Warriors a run for their money in six games. And I was without Kawhi. And I was without Paul George. That's with the guys who they had last year. So Doc Rivers is, is a well-respected coach in the NBA, and a lot of players respect him for that. And, and Doc Rivers is successful wherever he goes, even back to Boston with the big three back then. He was good then. He's still good today. And so he's my number three coach. Number two, Brad Stevens. Uh, the best young coach in the NBA. He's dynamic. He's already fourth all-time in wins in Celtics history. And I think he's going to be in Boston for a very long time. Players connect with him. And, uh, you know, I, I think Brad Stevens is one of the best, uh, you know, on the in-the-moment uh, strategy changes in the NBA. You know, Brad Stevens is always trying to switch things up. He's always trying to put in different lineups to see what kind of matchups he gets. Uh, and he's been pretty successful down there in Boston. I mean, yeah, Gordon Hayward hasn't turned out to what we all thought he was going to be uh, when he left Utah to go to Boston. But just that reconnection between Gordon Hayward and Brad Stevens, I mean, you can't go wrong with it. Uh, but Brad Stevens, you know, he does so many things right for that organization. And I have a feeling that if it's not next year, maybe in a couple of years, that Boston team, they're going to win a finals. I mean, they're just so well coached. They're so well ran. You know, there's just so many, there's just so many good things about that organization, and so I'm just hoping that, you know, maybe maybe that more young coaches in the NBA can step up and do what Brad Stevens is doing because, you know, he's done such a fine job there. He made a great transition from Butler all the way to Boston. So, you know, I I got Brad Stevens as number two. And my number one coach in the NBA. This might throw a surprise at a lot of you. Uh, but Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse is the number one coach in the NBA right now. He's got the highest winning percentage in NBA history. Uh, the Raptors are better this year than they were last year with Kawhi. And I'm not really... Uh, it, it's super hard to explain why the Raptors are better with uh, without Kawhi, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. You, you you would think that with Kawhi Leonard, the team would be even better than you know than they are now. But they're winning games now. They're the two seed in the East, and you know they 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 blew out. Or I wouldn't say they blew out, but they they beat the Lakers. They've beaten the Heat. I mean, they give the Bucks some problems. I mean, they are a very highly underrated team, and there is not a bunch of coverage on them. And, you know, because they got guys all across the board that can play. And they go about seven or eight deep, very well coached. They do very well against Giannis. I mean, I didn't know this, but Nick Nurse is 4-0 against LeBron James in his career. I had no idea. And he does some things. He probably takes some notes out of the Popovich book on how to, you know, kind of maintain LeBron, how to slow him down. 
but yeah, Nick Nurse, and they're better this year without Kawhi, and that's it's kind of hard, kind of hard to explain that. Uh, but they have more wins, they score more points a game. I mean, how do you explain that? I don't know how to explain it. Uh, coaching, I think I think Nick Nurse will win Coach of the Year, and it's not him. I think it will be Billy Donovan. Now there is someone who might know why the Raptors are better, and that is my good friend Jimmy Davis, who is on the phone once again. Jimmy, my friend, how you doing today? I'm doing well, James. How is it out there? You know, it's not as hot as it was last week, so that's a plus. It's about 95 right now, <laughs> so it's not as hot, but it's still hot. So well, it is a it's a pretty rainy, muggy morning here in Hawaii Bay. Oh. Can't see much more than. Uh, Five yards out of my backyard. Rain. What? What is rain? We don't know what rain is over here. It never rains over here. But maybe. But but yeah. Let me let me just start off with maybe that. Maybe you, you could be right there. Let me just start off with that. How how do you explain the Raptors being better without Kawhi? Let me just hit you off with that one. Like how? Can you explain? Well, well, you know, that is a, it's a great question to start out with. Um, I don't know if I necessarily make the mark that they're better without Kawhi. Um, we won't know that answer, I think, until the end of the playoffs. But I think that they're keeping up their consistency that they had from last season um, in terms of dominance over most of their opponents. They just beat the Lakers the other night, coming off a good year against Magic yesterday. Um, they have really, really solid seven or eight-man rotation. They have seven guys who can legitimately create their own shot and um, at any moment create themselves. Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, I'd say, is the only uh, player they have who can't make for, for himself. Their coaching is outstanding. It's on another level. I think we'll talk about this later on in the podcast, but Nick Nurse does such a great job at in-game adjustment, at making the right matchup calls, perfect substitution. He always has the optimal lineup. Uh, out there, no matter what his home is. And they have this type of lineup where they have flexibility with OG Anunoby and Ronnie Hollis Jefferson and Mark Gasol and Sergi Baca. They have legitimate defensive stars and they complement well with Van Gleet and Lowry, who aren't the biggest defenders, but they're great at uh, holding the perimeter, forcing everything into the paint, and at forcing contested shots. They do a great job of running their offense. They know who they are. Defensively, they'll lock you down. And I think last week I said on the podcast, Pascal Siakam has legitimately raised himself into a superstar. He's ascended to another level. That guy is, he, he's very unorthodox in the way he plays, but it is very, very effective. So I think that's one of the reasons why, but we won't know for sure until after the playoffs to know if really they're better without the why. I think that's a tough argument to make. I mean, they got more wins. I mean, they're in a better position this year than they were last year. That, I mean, that's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, is that they, definitely, definitely. They have more wins, and I we'll, think we'll have to see how the playoffs goes. I mean, Kawhi really turned it on when he could he could help them beat the Bucks, and obviously that's probably going to be the biggest stepping stone again. The Bucks are the number one guy. If they can take him down, you know, I said I came on here last week and I said that the Raptors maybe they're not a sleeper pick for, for some people because they are rated so high, but I think that they're being discounted by a lot of people. I think a lot of people thought because Kawhi left that they would be, you know, maybe bottom of the conference again or back to irrelevant, but I think they've shown that that's not the case. Fair enough. So I bring you on my show to talk about gambling and betting and, and who you like and but let me just start off with this. Do you have any advice for people who want to get serious about betting on sports? 
any advice you got for people? Uh, yeah, thank you for asking. There are um, some some layouts I'd like to give some guidelines. Anybody out there who is listening and would like to get into it, um, it's it's a tough it's a tough business. You know, you get ups and downs. I'm successful at it because I put a lot of time into it. Uh, I watch tons of film. Um, I look at pretty much any analytical statistic that there any and every analytical statistic that there is. Um, I'm constantly watching the injury reports and constantly watching the lines to see who's moving in favor of. And the biggest thing I would say is that this is a little story from my life. About three years ago, when I first started getting into this, I thought I was hot shit winning at NFL. I won about $13,000 in one weekend. And I was like, man, this is awesome. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. But then the next weekend, I the whole week leading up to it, I hadn't really studied in lines and watching film. I wasn't listening to anything. I thought it was partying with that 13 grand. I was like, ah, oh, it's just good. I'm just keep doing it. <laughs> and that next weekend, I lost about 10 grand. Oh, wow. So... Yeah, it was, it was quite substantial, and that was a big wake-up call, slap in the face, they, they can all go away like that. So really what I want to emphasize to people is that if you are getting into gambling, um, establish your bankroll, and, you know, whatever it is, uh, $100 or $1,000, um, you want to bet in what's called units. Units are the measurement of how much money you're going to bet. And usually a unit would be considered a percentage point, so whatever you're betting. So say if you have $100 in your bankroll, you bet one unit, that would be $1. Typically, I would never recommend betting anything more than five, absolutely at the most 10 units on a game. So that means about 5% to 10% of your bankroll on a game. At the highest, most professional levels, guys will bet one to 2% of their bankroll, um, but that's also because they're rolling with much bigger pockets than if you're rolling with 20 grand, that means that you're 1% of a $200 bet. Yeah. So it only goes up from there, but what's important is the concept and the principle of it. You're making lots of small bets, which over a period of time will get you success because you're winning the majority of the time. In order to have success in betting, you only need to win 52% of the time. Understand that, 52% of the time. So that means you don't have to win every single pick. But if you're feeling super confident about picks and you're throwing half of your bankroll on a pick and then all of a sudden it loses, now you should have lost half your bankroll. Yeah. So I think it's really important I want to emphasize, like such as last week, I came on and we talked about uh, all my picks. I went four and two with my picks. But if I had started and I threw all of my money into the first two picks, which was the Lakers over and the Pelicans um, covering the spread, I would have lost all my money because I went 0-2 to start. Yeah. Now, the next one, so the day, was 4-0. But I want to emphasize to people that it, it, this is how gambling can become toxic. If you start to bet way more than you can afford, always bet within your bank budget is the one thing I want to emphasize. Understand how much you can lose, and you'll still be all right, and how much you understand you're willing to risk, and what the rewards are. Always keep that in mind. Okay, I got out of the way, James. Thank you for letting me speak on that. I just want to let people know. No, no, you're good. You're good. But I do have a couple NBA questions for you as well. Sure. So, are you still confident in your Lakers after they got embarrassed last night, going five for 37 from three against the Thunder? Are you still <laughs> confident in your Lakers? You're going right into the room. Now you're opening it right up. You're touching <laughs> it with a knife. <laughs> no, man, I, I think that's a great point to talk about the Lakers. 
they've been looking a little shaky. Even the only game that they looked totally impressive was um, the Utah Jazz. And even for that game, for three quarters, they were losing the game. And uh, Anthony Davis kind of just turned it on and went to another level. Uh, LeBron James, the state is out today. He's going to rest. Um, definitely, if you ask me, he definitely looks a little bit off. I think it's, it's more just rust than anything. And they haven't played in four and a half months. They're all getting back into the swing of things. And that's the point of this, this eight-game race into the postseason is to get guys reappointed and familiar. But I think we were talking last week about Rondo and um, if we're going to miss him on this team. I, I do think we're missing him more than actually I, I had anticipated because when LeBron's not on the floor, um, there's nobody that can run the offense and handle the ball well. They try, they're trying to run it through Waiters a little bit, and Waiters has been impressive. He hasn't been terrible, but he's not a point guard. He can't run offenses, yeah. and he can't get open looks for people. So when the bond's on the floor, we're basically relying upon Anthony Davis to go in isolation and do Anthony Davis things, which usually he does. <laughs> right. I mean, yesterday, 3 of 11, 9 points, and you can get about a 10-point mark. Um, there is some reason to be concerned. Like you said, 5 of 37 from 3, that is really concerning. Um, Danny Green, we're paying $15 million a year, basically brick, catch and shoot three. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone that I think Toronto lost, and actually an addition by subtraction for them, because it's just been, I mean, he's still shooting 36% from 3 a year, but he doesn't seem to do it when the, when the biggest moments count. He, he really lets us down, and his defense hasn't been um, I, I would at this point, I wouldn't say that I'm extremely worried, but I would say I'm more worried than I was last week, and I'm, I'm more scared of teams like the Thunder and like the Rockets than I was a week ago. Well, even Portland, too. I mean, that'd be a mismatch nightmare for you guys. Yeah, Portland is a really tough matchup for us, I think. Um, one thing that has exposed the Lakers um, is that if you can um, produce excellent guard play. If you, guys, if you have guards that can consistently uh, produce their own shot off the dribble and set up their teammates, such as in the Thunder game, they had Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Chris Paul, and they had um, Shooter. Actually, no, wait. Uh, Shooter didn't play in that game. My apologies. My apologies. But Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and uh, Chris Paul consistently being out there and breaking down all the folks and Danny Green, breaking down the defense. The Lakers have a hard time keeping up with the stars. So we're going to amplify that to Damian Lillard and T.J. McCollum. <laughs> and they got Carlos in the corner shooting open threes. I think that is a tough matchup for the Lakers. And they, got, and they got size, too. I mean, because now they have Nurkic back, along with Whiteside. And, yeah. and, and I think Zach Collins is back as well for them. Zach Collins. And let's not forget, this team was a two-seed last year. They were the Western Conference final runner-up. Yep. So... They, they, they definitely have something on And we know Dave Miller always had a chip on his shoulder. He's always trying to shut the haters up. So yeah. uh, I would say I'm, I'm more scared of playing the Blazers than I am of playing the Grizzlies or the Pelicans. Yeah, I would be too. Uh, last question before we get into your picks. Do, does not having fans at the games really make a difference in the outcome of a game? Well, uh, I say for the NBA... I don't think it's seen much of a difference. Um, you still have, first of all, the NBA has the best commentators, I think, in all of sports, um, especially yeah. that ESPN team with Mark Jackson, Frank Gundy, and Green. They're the best. But 
they keep they do a good job of keeping the game live. They, but even if you still feel involved with the game because the benches are right there. So anytime a big bucket is scored or a dunk happens or a clock, you know, the bench is right there erupting and going crazy. So you feel the energy of those guys on the bench, I think, and watch them. And I love being able to hear everything. Yeah. You can hear the players yelling at each other. You can hear the coaches going crazy. You can hear them talking to the best. I love that aspect. I think it's a little weird when you see the, <laughs> see the fans uh, in the back screen the waving and fans. doing all the virtual fans. <laughs> it's a little weird, but I, I, I understand it. I also think that they've done a great job with the crowd noise. I think um, the pumping in the artificial crowd noise, I've not been able to tell a difference. If I was watching on TV and you told me there were fans in the crowd, I would believe it sounds just like just like it does on TV. So um, I, I, I think the NBA has done an excellent job of it. Yeah. Now, going over to Major League Baseball, it's a little bit of a different beat. I think in Major League Baseball, with no fans, <laughs> you really start to realize how much fans need the game of baseball and how important the aesthetic is and, and the nature. If it's a relaxed vibe, we're out here watching a ball game, people having beers and hot dogs, and you know, little kids running around. And yeah, it's uh, with, with no fans there, you, you're you're constantly focused on every pitch, and, and you're realizing, oh my God, there's a minute between every pitch. <laughs> oh my God, it's trickling off. Like, it, the tediousness of the game can get to you. Now, I'm someone who loves the game so much, and I'm just such a purist about it that I don't. It doesn't matter to me too much because I love watching one-on-one battles between batters and pitchers, mm-hmm. and I love watching the strategy. Um, but I can understand, especially for the casual fan, how watching MLB with no fans is really, really tough. I can get that. So I, th- I think having fans will affect NBA games more than it will affect uh, MLB games because what if the conference finals comes down to a game seven? There's not really a home team. It almost just has that feeling that it's just another pickup right, game. Yeah, in home field advantage has pretty much been completely erased. Um, we can, and that's something too to, to factor into the betting money. I think Vegas has started to, to come around on that. You know, for instance, uh, the Clippers were eight-point favorites against, the, or eight-and-a-half-point favorites against the Suns a couple of days ago because they're the home team. But there's not, it's not like there's a whole crowd. There's no home stadium behind them. Same thing happened to the Bucks. The Bucks were 19-point favorites against the Mets. Now, <laughs> considering in that game the Bucks didn't play their starters at all in the second half, there's a lot of spooky stuff. But I still don't think without fans, I don't think any team – because typically, if a uh, if home team is playing at home, they'll get an extra three to four points on any bets that, um, that you can account for. In football, you know, that's an extra field goal. And in, in basketball, it's an extra two buckets, four or two buckets. Right. And I think that's being erased. That's people, something people need to consider um, when, they're, when they're making their bets and they're considering everything. Yep, I totally agree. All right, Jimmy, hit us with your weekend picks. I know that you're just picking games from today, but what do you got for us? Okay, uh, yes, well, those who did bet last week, and they took my advice, and we made some money. I did go four and two. Let's talk about those picks real quick. The only one, uh, we did have Pelicans, you know, minus two and a half. Uh, that one, I, I had talked about the Pelicans were... Uh, I'm not going to play Zion much. Um, I, <laughs> I really didn't think it would be to this extent. He didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. Uh, and for the last three minutes, especially during crunch time, he wasn't on the court at all. 
Uh, it, was, it was very mind-boggling. And as you can see, they've been bringing him back yesterday. He played 25 minutes. I think he's playing right now today. Yeah, game. So that was a tough pick, um, but I would probably make it again. Uh, the only pick I would take back, the Lakers over 219. Uh, Lakers Clippers, that would say. I think James maybe picked me up on this one. And you bet on it. I'm sorry, we really lost you some money there, but I, that's the only one I, I, I really regret because these teams match up so well with each other, and that's something I really hadn't uh, equated. They, they match up so well defensively with each other. They know each other's offenses in and out, um, so they were able to shut down the actions. And I don't need to mention the defensive talent there, but everything else was a good, a good pick, and I would make again. And overall, you would have went four for two. So let's get into this week. Um, or I would just say today, I don't got any picks for the weekend. Too hard to make uh, picks in advance because there are deadlines that haven't come out yet. You don't know who's playing. You don't know the circumstances. It, it, it's hard to make picks in the future. But for today, that is uh, Thursday, August 6th. We got the Heat and the Bucks. Now, this game's probably about to start in about five minutes. So nobody's going to make a bet on it. But just to say, um, Jimmy Butler's not playing in this game. Goran Dragic looks like he's doubtful. Bucks are 10 points favorite. Um, I'm going to go with the Miami Heat at plus 10. Uh, I think the Bucks, they showed him the last game, as I just mentioned against the Nets. They didn't play their starters in the second half at all. I think they're going to ramp it up a little bit more. But I think Rudy Holster really wants to get a good feel of his bench. He wants to get a good feel of who he can trust when it comes to playoff time. If they win this game, they do lock up the number seat. Number one key, but I don't think they're in any rush to do that considering they have another like five or six games to do that. I, I think they're going to lock it up. That's, that's not a question. So, Miami Heat plus 10. <clears throat> we also have the Pacers versus Suns coming on around the same time. Again, you probably can't make a bet on it, but just to those out there who are listening, showing you um, my credentials, I, I'm going with the Pacers minus two. I feel very strongly about this pick. The Pacers have been on fire. Nate McMillan is one of the best coaches in the league. Um, TJ Warren, I don't need to mention he's been going absolutely bananas. The guy can shoot. He's always been a good scorer, but now he's got a little elite three-pointer in his arsenal. And it is scary. The Pacers minus two over the Phoenix Suns. I'm taking Clippers and Mavericks. If Clippers at minus four and a half. The over-under is 231. I'm going to take the Clippers here at minus four and a half. Um, the, the Mavericks have had a hard time playing defense. They've got statistically number one, the actually the best offense in NBA history in terms of offensive efficiency and offensive rating. The Mavericks are the number one team of all time. But their defense is so atrocious. It is so bad. They're not going to get able to stop any of these, Paul George, Kawhi, Lou Will, they're all going to get buckets at will, in my opinion. Um, so I'm taking Clippers at minus four. Uh, if, if you're feeling lucky, my, my, I feel a little bit less confident in this one, but the over in 231 points, I would bet if you can bet on the Clippers, team total over, that is uh, betting individually how many points the LA Clippers would score in one game. Uh, I believe they're it is 200, or sorry, not 122. Uh, I would bet that, oh no, I'm sorry, 112. I would bet that over, that over 112 Clippers. And Nuggets versus Blazers. We've got Nuggets minus four and a half. I'm mean, sorry, Blazers minus four and a half. And I would take the Blazers money line. Do not take the Blazers spread, take the Blazers money line. 
the Nuggets are still without um, five starters, or four starters, I'm sorry, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, and Paul Millsap are all out of this game. Um, Blazers beat the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals last year, as I'm sure many remember. And they have Yusuf Nurkic, who we were just talking about earlier, is back now. And Zach Collins as well. The Blazers are at full strength. And the Nuggets are missing four starters. It's a really bad mismatch. This is my strongest pick of the day. I'm taking Blazers money line over the Nuggets. Uh, you get that at about minus one million of the day. We've got LA Lakers versus Houston Rockets. Um, Rockets are three and a half point favorites in this game because LeBron is not playing. Uh, LeBron is going to be out. Not the foreseeable future. It looks like it's a one game to get some rest. Uh, like we were talking about, his legs have looked kind of shaky. His game's been a little off, so I think he's just trying to get back. And the Rockets are hungry, man. They're, they're trying to get as far up in the standings as possible. So I'm trying to get ready for this playoff run. So Rockets at minus three. I'm taking them tonight over the LA Lakers. And that concludes the NBA picks. I have one pick left, and that is an MLB pick. We've got today the, um, excuse me, got something in my throat. Uh, the Yankees over the Phillies. We got Jordan Montgomery on the bump over Zach Eflin. Um, Phillies gave the business to the Yankees yesterday in the first game of the doubleheader, but Yankees took the script in the second game. Uh, fun baseball to watch if anybody can. The Yankees and Phillies are two exciting offenses. Uh, but I take them the Yankees here. That's uh, minus 150 money line. If you want to take the run, run line, you probably get about plus 130, plus 140 odds. It's good odds, but that means the Yankees need to win by two runs, uh, which is a little risky. I just go with the money line at minus 150, take the Yankees to win. And that's it for my picks today, James. That's, that's what I got for you guys. All righty. We appreciate it, Jimmy, and uh, we'll probably get you on again next week as well. We'll continue to do this. Absolutely. So just to recap for everybody, that's Miami Heat plus seven against Milwaukee Bucks, Indiana Pacers minus two over the Phoenix Suns, Portland Trailblazers money line over the Denver Nuggets, Clippers minus four over the Dallas Mavericks, and last pick with a baseball pick in the Yankees money line over the Philadelphia Phillies. All right, guys, that is five picks of the day. James, thank you for having me on the show, man. This is fun. And again, I want to advise everybody out there, don't play your entire ankle on the game. I don't care if Colorado High School is playing the LA Dodgers, okay? <laughs> don't bet your entire bankroll in any one game. Learn from me. I, I had a harsh mistake once, and I, I'll never make it again. Alrighty, you heard it from Jimmy, folks. Don't bet your whole payroll all at once. All right, <laughs> thanks, Jimmy, for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Dave. I'll talk to you later, buddy. All right, have a good one. So, good friend Jimmy once again. Uh, so he gave his picks out. Now it's time for my guarantee weekend picks. I'm 10 and 0 so far in my money line picks. So let's try and make it 15 and 0. First today we have the Twins and Pirates that's already in progress. I have not looked at the score since the second inning, but I made this pick before the game started. I like the Twins here 5 to 2. I'm not sure what the score is right now. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and not look at it. And we also have the Cubs versus the Royals today as well. I like the Cubs winning 7-3. to three. Tomorrow we have the Yankees versus the Rays. The Yankees are just too hot. Uh, I like the Yankees to win 6-3. to three. 
And also tomorrow we have the Rockies versus the Mariners. I like the Rockies to win 5-4. to four. And my one game on Saturday, I will take the Marlins over the Mets. The Marlins have been a nice surprise so far. 5-1 and one coming into uh, today, and, and I wasn't seeing that coming at all. So I like to take them over the Mets 3-1. to one. So that is going to do it for today's show, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Get your bets in and take notes from Jimmy. Don't bet all your money on one pick. And I should probably do the same thing as well. So for myself, James Guerin, thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great weekend, guys. Aloha.